welcome to the podcast. This podcast is the one that people ask me to do the most. And it ties around food. It ties around ideas around breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. How do I go about doing it? Tom, you've worked with so many people over the years. Uh, it's it's well over five, 600 people. And there are certain patterns over the last 25 years that I found work to help people lose fat consistently, to help them keep their muscle mass, to help them build their muscle mass in some cases, to help them sustain their program. All right, so this podcast is going to talk about specific details around each of these meals and some of my thoughts. Now, this is not perfect science, all right? I didn't do a study of scientific periodicals and find the, the best for everybody because the fact is we're all different. We all have different needs. We have different tolerances. So there is no one clear-cut answer. But hopefully this can give you some details. And um, if you're still kind of wanting and asking questions, I mean, just send me a line. All right, we can talk about your specific situation. But for the most part, let's get going with this. Some ideas around the different meals. We're going to start with breakfast. What should you do with breakfast? I've got three key guidelines. Number one, don't skip it. Have your breakfast. I never skip breakfast anymore. And there was a point in time where I had a refuel on Saturdays. Uh, on Sundays, I would normally break the fast um, on every other day but Sunday because I pigged out the day before. There's no fast to break. All right, I had so much excess calories that I didn't need to eat breakfast. I just uh, extend the period of time before I eat breakfast on Sundays. But for the most part, I do not skip breakfast, no matter what. Uh, so don't do it either. Number two, consume 30 plus grams of protein. And there's two reasons for this. Number one is Protein is so hard to get over the course of the day. I need about 150 to 180. Some people need more, some people need less, but you're really behind the eight ball when you don't have that protein for breakfast. All right, so I try to get my 30 plus in and it basically ensures that I'm gonna have the protein needs that I have, especially considering I wanna keep my muscle mass and actually build. All right, when you miss that one meal, you're already behind and it's hard to catch up. Uh, the second thing is, the protein with a low carb total really keeps me sharp throughout the morning. I don't feel um, fatigued two hours later. I don't have a um, this drain of energy that a carb intense breakfast does. The protein really helps keep me stable throughout the morning. And the third thing I have is I like to eat breakfast at a certain time. For me, it's about 9 a.m. I will wake up early for a hike and uh, and then, you know, an hour and a half later, I'll have breakfast, usually at nine o'clock. Now, having said that, if I do sleep in and it's, you know, 8.30, I need to go for my hike, I'm going to wait and I'm going to have my breakfast at nine anyway, because I like to stick with that time. I remember as kids growing up, if you were uh, born in the 70s, your breakfast traditionally consisted of a cereal or carb-based meal. It was so easy to fill up the bowl with Fruit Loops, Frosted Flakes, stuff like that. And... Uh, you just eat really quickly, you know, pour some milk in it and run out of the house. I, I was a victim of that. I know a lot of people were. Not the greatest idea. So uh, the other thing was, I remember there was a point in time where I got into a really, really nasty habit where I would wake up a little bit late. I would get into my car and I would drive to the local coffee shop. I would have a, believe it or not, I can't believe I even drank this. I would have a triple, triple three creams and three sugars in my coffee and I would have this toasted sesame seed cream cheese bagel and boy was it ever delicious it was not even food for fuel 
It was food for just sheer satisfaction because, you know what, I liked my job, I didn't love my job, and starting the day off right, okay, quote-unquote right, uh, made me feel better until I gained a whole bunch of weight and I said, never again am I ever going to do this. All right, so if that's you, you got to break that pattern. That just doesn't work. All right, so the area of nutrition is probably the single biggest area for improvement that you'll impact the rest of your day. All right, so as I had said, don't miss breakfast. Get your protein in. It satiates you. It gets you sharper. And if you need to wake up early to make sure that you make a proper breakfast, I highly recommend you do it. All right. Uh, the other thing is make sure you have food in the house to enable you to have a proper breakfast. What are some good options? I'll tell you mine in a bit, but here's some good, decent breakfast options that you probably didn't think of. Number one is cottage cheese sprinkled with some almonds, maybe a little bit of a portion of granola. That's a great option. I remember having uh, cottage cheese with, I'm not a big fan of cottage cheese, by the way, but when you add it with cookies and cream protein powder, man, was that ever good. My protein total was something like 40 grams from that meal, one scoop plus the cottage cheese. It was absolutely delicious. Another option that I was into for a while was egg whites with turkey bacon or an extra lean ham on the side and I have some tomato. Sometimes I made it in an omelet. That tasted great, put some veggies in there. The problem with that is uh, bullshit like separating the eggs from the um, egg yolks from the egg whites. So I just, nowadays, I just eat the whole egg. All right, and I talked about that in a previous podcast. Do your own research around eggs. I love eggs, I eat them every day and it's the whole egg. But again, do your own research. Um, if you want to consult your doctor, do what you need to do, you know, cholesterol issues. There's a lot of say, stuff saying that it's bad for you, a lot of stuff saying it's good for you. Uh, but that's number two. Number three is a protein smoothie um, with some protein powder in there, some good old-fashioned fruits, whether it's a banana or some berries or a mix of strawberries, banana, pineapple, whatever. You could even put Greek yogurt in there. Uh, great quick option. Uh, to get you satisfied and if it's thick it takes a while to drink so there's three options a fourth option again is the omelet it takes a while to make if you have that time in the morning or you wake, wake up early great <coughs> if you don't have time for it don't do it uh, my go-to for the longest time now as I said in my previous podcast is four slices of turkey bacon and uh, four eggs I have my coffee with it my glass of water so what do you say to a person who says, I love my pancakes, my waffles, my cereal. Do I have to give it up? Well, of course you don't have to give it up. You can do whatever the fuck you want. If you want to eat that stuff and have a sugar crash later on in the day or get fat, I mean, all the me, all the power to you. That's how you uh, define your day and that's what makes you happy. I think it's bullshit, but if that's what you want to do, go and do it. I'm not going to stop you. Now, having said that, I like my pancakes with Nutella on it. I love my pancakes or waffles uh, smothered with maple syrup and butter. It's delicious. I love a big bowl of cereal. I love my Fruit Loops. I, I'm not going to deny it. Right? I call uh, my Fruit Loops my vitamins, and I have some every Saturday. You know, just like a little scoopful, a little bowlful as a snack. Now, having said that, you don't have to give them up. Okay, you can have whatever you want over the course of a Saturday as a refuel if that's what you choose, but I highly recommend that Sunday through Friday you just avoid that stuff and eat a little more healthy, okay? Um, now, having said that, the, that's the breakfast exception. The breakfast exception is when you work really hard and you work out really hard and you have a refuel for strategic purposes. You have a bit of a calorie 
surplus. It's good psychologically. There's a hormone called leptin that gets triggered. It's just a lot of good situations with having a surplus. And if you want to have a refuel on a Saturday and that involves pancakes, bacon and all the toppings along with it, do it. But think strategy. And for the most part, I already gave you some um, strategies that work. So choose two to three breakfasts that you want to rotate uh, regularly through the week. So those options should be things that taste great. They should be stuff that are easy to make, have adequate amounts of protein in them. It keeps you satiated throughout the day. I think breakfast is so difficult because people start off on the wrong foot. They do horribly breakfast-wise because they hit the snooze button and they run out of time. Usually that's the case. Sometimes it's a lack of preparation. They don't have enough uh, quality breakfast options in the morning, so they grab a granola bar or a cereal or stop to get a bagel. All right, you got to break that pattern with a productive routine. So if you're really sloppy with that or you're just eating breakfast for sheer pleasure and having that blueberry muffin or along with that triple-triple, I mean, like I said, eat your heart out, but boy, is it ever going to cost you later on in so many different ways. All right? Um, so why only two to three breakfasts? When you establish a routine by keeping things minimalist, you're more likely to stick with it. You're more likely to form that habit. All right? So that's my take on breakfast. I can't stress routine enough. All right? Have your kitchen stocked up with your go-to breakfast at all times. Eat what you have planned. Don't veer from your plan. All right, it was kind of neat. Coach Shula a long time ago, this is Larry Zonka saying this, member of this 1972 perfect season Miami Dolphins. And here's the quote. Coach Shula had a very strict schedule in the last two days before the Super Bowl. He never let us go out for more than two hours without checking in for something. It helps us stay focused on the game. Beautiful quote. And it goes to talk about the fact that when left to our own devices without a strict schedule and routine, we fuck up. In this case, this was the perfect season, and Coach Shula didn't want them to fuck up. All right? For you, all you got to do is set that pattern, okay, that strict schedule in the morning. Wake up at a certain time. Don't hit the snooze button because the moment you hit the snooze button, you already lost once. You set a time, and you reneged on that time. That's not cool. Set that alarm clock, you know, a good... 20 seconds away so you actually have to get up to press it and just get started on your day have your food ready the next uh you know 30 minutes and just eat the proper meal let's talk about lunch the best thing you could do with lunch is have a rotation of a few go-to lunches okay um so i'm setting this up under the premise that you have actually have a set time frame to eat at work um, and sometimes you have a lot on your mind. You don't have more than 20 minutes to eat. If that's you, um, a couple of options is all you need. So here's my recommendations. You have two staple lunches. You have one quick hit lunch and one on the road choice because you never know when shit hits the fan. Okay, so here's some key assumptions. Number one, you've had a breakfast that has adequate protein in it. Number two, you're eating lunch three to five hours after breakfast. And number three, there was no mid-morning snack. All right, so we're assuming they had breakfast at 7 a.m. and you're having lunch at around noon. All right, select the foods, the lunches that are going to give you the most value. Things that are easy to prepare and pack. It's packed with quality food. You've maintained your allotted calories. You've got adequate amount of protein. 
and uh, that's going to stave off hunger and help uh, hunger and help you uh, regulate your blood sugar levels. My personal selections. Here we go. So you might want to write this down or uh, pause the podcast and replay it. My two staples are well. Actually, I have a third staple now that I just love, and that's my smoothie bowl. I have my uh, scoop and a half of protein powder, and I've got my fruits in there. I've got some almonds sprinkled on some chia seeds. I eat it with a small spoon. Believe it or not, it takes me. 10 minutes to eat. I have my coffee with it. It's already filled with ice um, that's blended up in a blender. Tons of water in there. I feel completely full. That's my new selection. But in the past, this is what I did. I had six ounces of grilled chicken and two cups of side veggies. The chicken was made the night before and the veggies are in a container ready to go. It's so quick. It's so easy. The uh, two cups of side veggies gave me tons to munch on. They had a crunch factor. It worked. And the six ounces of grilled chicken tasted really good. Sometimes I'd put some um, salsa on it or some hot sauce or a little bit of uh, lean dipping sauce on the side or barbecue sauce. Staple number two was usually five ounces of pork tenderloin and a side salad. Again, the salad was made the night before. You don't put the dressing on because then it just makes it soggy. It was usually a kale-based salad with some cabbage and shredded carrots. It just filled me up. Um, it was a pretty big container too. Light on the dressing. I throw the pork tenderloin on it, shake it up, mix it up, and it was delicious. Those are my two staples. Nice and easy, super clean. Again, notice I got my protein in. There were times where I only had 20 minutes to eat. So what do you do in a situation like that? My quick hit was 200 grams of 1% cottage cheese that I'd put in a container, put it in the fridge at work, and then one scoop of protein powder. As I said before, I hate cottage cheese, but for whatever reason, when I put the cookies and cream protein powder in and I mixed it up, it was super easy to make. It was dessert-like, and um, I placed it in a food container the night before, kept it cold, pulled it out, and I scraped the bottom of the bowl of the container because it tastes so good. But it was a quick hit. All right, if I had to walk and talk and eat, it was an easy thing to do. My on-the-road choice, okay, I had two options. Number one was I actually grabbed a whole chicken at the grocery store. You know how some of those ready-mades are, right? I'd bring the whole container to work. I'd chop it in half, and, uh, man, I was eating like a carnivore. I'd save the other half for the next day, all right, so... It kind of kills two birds with one stone, right? No pun intended there. But I'd have the, the whole chicken breast, the thigh, nibble at the wing a little bit, throw away the skin, even though it's a delicious part. And believe it or not, like I was, I'd had an apple with it as my side. That was my on-the-road choice. Go to the grocery store, pick it up really quickly, get into the car, drive to my location, and that was it. Sometimes I'd eat it in the car. What a disastrous mess. You know, you got chicken guts all over the steering wheel because I ate with my hands. All right. Uh, the little more civilized route was in Canada, we have something called Swiss chalet. Um, for some of you, I can't think of the, the alternative, but just a place where you can get some good clean chicken, uh, some white meat. I'd have a baked potato with it. I'd have a side of ketchup and it came with a side of bread. I just tossed the bread, gave it to the birds, but that quarter chicken, sometimes it was a half chicken. It was prepared for me from this restaurant. It was a drive-through choice. It was on the road. I'd eat in the car 20 minutes and drive back to the location I needed to get to. 
right? But you got to have those choices on the road. Otherwise, you know, left to other devices, you'll go to a place that you shouldn't go to. All right. Does McDonald's work? Believe it or not, you can get a McDonald's wrap and sometimes just ask for uh, twice the grilled uh, chicken. You'll pay a, a little bit of an up fee, but they do do it for you. You know, keep it light on the dressing. Uh, there was a place called Harvey's. I would do the same thing. I'd get a grilled chicken wrap and say, hey, listen, easy on the sauce. I don't want the crispy chicken. I want the grilled chicken loaded up with veggies. It was about 500 calories. It worked. There's a lot of places on the road that you can get a good meal, but you just got to know where your spots are. All right. So that's my quick hit, my staples, my on the road choice. So what about lunches on the weekends? Okay. Weekends can be tricky depending on whether your routine changes from the weekdays. All right. So if you're on the road and you're sticking with the plan, I would normally go as uh, with what I had said before, a grilled chicken wrap with some sort of light dressing. So in Canada, Tim Hortons provided that, McDonald's provided that. Option number two was a grilled chicken salad with light dressing, whether it was McDonald's or Wendy's. Sometimes I'd go to a, a place to get a burrito bowl, and that's so popular nowadays. There's Chipotle, there's Mucho Burrito, there's tons of different places where they have the bowl. And of course, the people who prepare the bowl, unless you ask them specifically, they're just going to load it up. So for me, it was usually grilled chicken, lots of veggies, half cup of rice, maybe a little bit of beans, um, but usually not both, and some hot sauce. I would just load it up with veggies to make sure that bowl was um, sufficiently filled. Sometimes I'd order a double order of the meat. If it's my refuel day on a Saturday, I eat whatever the fuck I want for lunch. I mean, I was telling my daughter the other day I would have a, uh, for whatever reason, this was a treat for me. I would get on the road, um, I would get a uh, turkey bacon club with an apple fritter and a coffee. And sometimes I'd go to Harvey's, I'd have a double burger, sometimes with cheese, sometimes with bacon, sometimes just by itself. I'd have maybe sometimes a side of onion rings and a Nutella milkshake. That's refuel day. All right. So if that's your Saturday and that's what you do, cool. Awesome. Send me a line. Tell me the crazy concoction that you have. You better stay fucking lean, though. If you're doing this kind of stuff, you better have worked your ass off throughout the week because you shouldn't be eating that shit. All right. Unless you have a specific refuel. I look at some of the cheap meals that The Rock has. They're crazy. All right. He kind of does things like I do. I've seen the burger. I've seen the nachos. I've seen the crazy dishes he has. All right. But he's earned those. I earn mine. You need to earn yours. All right. So having said that, on a Sunday after a refuel day, sometimes I just avoid lunch altogether. But if we are out, my wife and I will share a sandwich at a local deli midday. All right. It's just, uh, you know, lower calories. All right. Dinner time. There's three reasons why dinner is such a disaster for so many people. Number one is they waited too long to eat before lunch and dinner. So if you eat at 11 a.m. and you don't eat dinner till 6 or 7, I can imagine you are friggin' starving. All right. And the only thing you crave is some kind of like satisfying food like pizza or some kind of carbs. If that's you, you fucked up. Unless you're in a plan of intermittent fasting and you're used to that. So there are some exceptions. I've done it before. You know, breakfast to dinner, I have nothing in between. I've done that before and it works. You got to be trained and you have to have some kind of discipline and a plan. Having said that, for most people, if they eat a regular lunch, 
12 1 and they have a dinner at 5 6 o'clock they can get away with it if they need a snack in between to follow the three to five hours rule great uh, sometimes what other what else screws people up the other major reason is emotions get the best of you you've had a shitty day and you just want some relief the best thing to do is I mean it just it makes you feel good when you have something in. and I don't recommend because that's short-term gratification you don't do not want to get into that trap all right so if the emotions got the best of you and say fuck it I'm having whatever I want to feel good uh, you've got a bigger problem than food Number three, the third major reason why dinner is a disaster is you just didn't plan well. You get home and you look in your fridge, there's no meat to cook. There's no veggies. You didn't buy the groceries you needed on Sunday. You didn't take out the food the night before. You're just an undisciplined person. And if that's you, you fucked up again. All right, and some people fuck up in all three ways. Well, what am I talking about? Some people, most people do. They wait too long to eat. They let the emotions get the best of us and they didn't plan well. No wonder you're a fat fuck. All right, think about it. Just not a disciplined person. All right, so it's six o'clock and I'm starving. Have you ever heard that? Well, you're not starving. People in third world countries are starving. You're just hungry. Okay, just say something stupid. Be a little bit more creative. Say you're ravenous, but don't say you're starving. All right, especially if you've got 30 pounds of fat on your body. If you've got 30 pounds of fat on your body, think about it. One pound of fat is 3,500 calories. If you've got 3,500 times 30, that's like feeding the Dallas Cowboys at a buffet. Come on. You're not starving. All right, so most likely you've had a day where you didn't have an adequate amount of protein throughout the day, namely breakfast and lunch. And secondly, your blood sugar is low from waiting over six hours to eat. Okay, that's usually the case. That's why you're quote-unquote starving or you're ravenous. Okay, so what do people normally do when they come home in that situation? What do they crave? You know what they crave. Carbs. So they load up on carbs. Their blood sugar peaks. Three to four hours later, your blood sugar drops again. And you're wondering, like, I had this big meal. Why am I scrouging through the kitchen for a snack to munch on again? Because you're hungry again. All right. You know what I'm talking about. We've all done it. All right. So my recommendation is eat something decent between lunch and dinner. If this is a problem, do it as a rule. All right. Here's what I also hear. My day was a train wreck. You come home after a long day. You're tired. You're frustrated by the traffic. You're ticked off by the day's event. You're just bitterly unsatisfied. Okay, did I describe your situation? So what do people normally gravitate to? One of a few things. All right, so one is food to make up for the day. So you escape through food. That's one way to do it. A second way is, unfortunately, it's they get high or they get, you know, through alcohol or marijuana. Okay, bad move. Or what they do is, you know, they'll have popcorn in a movie and they'll stay up late because they want to get something out of that unsatisfying day. The easiest thing is food. Okay, so here's the thing. Is food really the answer to your frustration or is it time to make some changes in your life? Okay, if work is especially shitty on a regular basis, then get the guts to quit and look for alternative employment. Okay, well, my recommendation is look for the alternative first. Give your two weeks notice and then move into your next job. Okay, you don't want to live a life of miserably 
uh, misery where uh, you want five days of your life to pass by so you can escape to the weekend and do this over and over again for the next 25 years. Remember, you're valuable. Okay, you're going to find a rewarding job that makes you value uh, that makes you happy. Entertainment wise, food is all too convenient. Um, you're better than using food as an escape mechanism. Okay, no alcohol and drugs are not options. Think about something more meaningful. All right. All right. How about this? There's nothing to eat in my kitchen. Okay, you should have gone shopping. You should have a fridge of food that has some ready-to-go options. This is just prior planning. He just didn't think about it. Okay, so if it's order-in night because of this and you go with a box convenience food, get your shit in order, man. Like, seriously, come on. Okay, so key point, plan your dinner the night before based on the shopping you did prior to the week starting. It just makes sense. All right, let's talk about dinner strategies. Here's the assumptions I'm going to make. Number one, you've gone shopping for the groceries you need throughout the week. Number two, you have a template of the foods you generally eat for dinner. Number three, your foods are readily readily available to cook somewhat quickly. And number four, you've eaten properly throughout the day. If this is not the case, you're already in hot water. All right, strategy number one, have your three to four go-to dinner options that you enjoy. So here's my non-refuel weekly selections. Now, this is at the time that I wrote my book. Let me see if it's changed over the last year and a half. Grilled chicken with a big salad. Uh, Yep, really good meal. So I make the salad as big as I can possibly make it. What makes a salad heavy is the stuff like the cheese and the dressings. So I just, I kind of go easy on that stuff, but I don't go easy on the veggies. I have a lot of veggies. Grilled chicken with it, yeah, absolutely. Whether you have it on the side or you chop it up and mix it all in, all the power to you, okay? Um, The chicken could could be cooked in various spices to add some flavor. You don't want boring chicken, all right? That doesn't work. So grilled chicken with a big salad is one of my options. Sometimes it's lightly breaded. I know Renata does a wicked job with the coating, and it's super light. Another option is, uh, for me, is pork tenderloin or a lean steak with mixed veggies on the side. And I have a yam beside it, a nice big half of a yam beside of it. All right, so the mixed veggies give me some healthy greens. The yam fills me up, it's low in calories, got a good source of protein, you know, six to eight um, ounces of lean protein. Uh, For the yam, I add some cinnamon to it, tastes delicious. There's some times where I say, fuck it, I'm just gonna reverse my day and I'm gonna have an omelet and turkey bacon dinner. All right, that's my low-cal option when I'm low on food and I I need something quick. Um, That's my reality. I mean, you've done breakfast for dinner sometimes. There's nothing wrong with that. Strategy number two, have your quick pick option just in case you don't have a lot of time. What I'll do is my fast food choice is I'll get a ready-made chicken from Costco or one of the other local grocery stores. And sometimes they have sides, you know, big potato or rice. I'll have half a chicken. It's that simple. If I need to um, eat something quick, it's such an easy option. So Renata will take um, a quarter of or or a half of the half of the other uh, piece that I didn't eat. And sometimes I'm tempted to have her half. All right. But I don't do that. She has hers. And it's just really easy. It's, you know, seven, eight dollars. Bring it home with the side. And it's a quick and easy meal. 
All right. Strategy number three, you need to have your eating out options readily available. As I said, for lunch, a grilled chicken wrap works. Um, and there's some places that do a better job than others. I had said that in Canada, Harvey's does a better job than McDonald's because for whatever ra reason, the wrap is a little more rubbery, so to speak, in a good way. It's a little more chewy and I can pack a lot more veggies. All right. I can kind of ask them to make it in front of me. And that lasts a lot longer than one of the McDonald's wraps that I can eat in 30 seconds, to be honest with you. The other eating out option is a grilled chicken salad. I mean, all fast food chains have them available. There's a Southwest grilled chicken salad that I had at McDonald's that was, that was absolutely delicious. And uh, sometimes they made the Greek salads that were really good. I mean, there's so many different places where you can get a good salad. So your dinner review, have your groceries in your house so you're never stuck with no viable options. Create your rotation of dinners that are quick, nutritious, enjoyable, and always have a plan B just in case the unexpected happens. So what am I talking about? We had marinated some steaks one day, and sure enough, our dog Rocky, a half German Shepherd, half uh, Lab, what does he end up doing? He jumps onto the counter, he's two front paws, and he grabs the whole steak. And there he goes. He just takes off. Man, it was the one and only time it happened. He took my fucking meat. All right. Did I have a plan B? Yeah, it was shitty. It was a can of tuna. All right. But shit happens sometimes, right? Got to be careful with your dogs. I've got four of them. Okay. It's, it's brutal. They'll, they'll jump right on the table to get some food if uh, we're not around the table. Even though they're, they're good dogs, that shit happens sometimes. You know what I'm talking about if you have dogs. All right, let's talk about snacks. I hate the word snack. I call it meal number four. All right, so a definition of a snack is a small portion of food eaten between meals. All right, so when I think of snack, it suggests fun little goodies. That's bullshit. You're not a little kid. Grow up. Anyways, let's talk about a pattern here. So when you go to the doctor and get prescribed medicine, a doctor will often say something like, okay, you're going to take your four doses timed every four hours. It's a prescription. Okay, think about food that same way. Every three to five hours, you should be having a meal, right? Again, unless you prescribe to intermittent fasting and you have a completely different system, but again, it's a prescribed system, all right? So it looks something like this. Meal number one, breakfast, 8 a.m. Meal number two, 12 noon. Meal number three, notice I didn't say snack, 3 p.m. Meal number four, 7 p.m. I adhere to the diabetic style of eating here where it's every three to five hours. Yep, some meals may be slightly bigger. Some might be slightly smaller. That's okay. Okay, questions around eating and its challenges. But I'm hungry and I like my snacks. If you had a proper breakfast, lunch, and early dinner... Uh, or a late dinner, you shouldn't necessarily be hungry for a snack, okay? So snacking usually happens when you didn't consume enough protein in one of your scheduled meals, or you didn't have a systematized way of eating, sometimes that's the reason, or you're just bored and you use food as a tool to cope with boredom, and that's a huge trap in itself. Uh, sometimes you have a, cr a craving for something where you're just lacking nutrients due to poor choices in your meals. Okay, it's funny. Sometimes I hear people say, well, you know, I'm craving uh, salt. 
Okay. Did you need the potato chips or could you have just had a little bit of salt on your tongue? I mean, well, yeah, I wanted the potato chips. Yeah, because potato chips have a lot of other stuff inside. It makes it so satisfying, right? Keep that for Saturday. But I got to tell you, there's a difference between eating a salad with just iceberg lettuce and a salad that's filled with kale and spinach, right? There's a big difference, not just in volume, but in nutrients, which helps stave off cravings, all right? So if that's the case and you're bored, chances are it's because you didn't get the nutrients. Another thing is you believe you're hungry, but really you're thirsty because you haven't consumed enough water throughout the day. Now, for me, that was a big problem. I didn't consume enough water. My craving wasn't food. It was Diet Pepsi to fill myself up. What a fucking disaster that was. I'd have, you know, two cans a day. It's just not healthy. The moment I drank eight to 10 glasses of water, 10 to 12 sometimes when it was hot, I no longer craved pop. I hardly drink pop anymore. And the thing is, I don't overeat either. All right. Um, The sixth point, you might have a psychological addiction to food. And it's usually uh, associated with one of three things. It's boredom escapism or procrastination okay these addictions are separate from your plan and they need to be addressed separately okay so treat boredom for what it really is you need to find a way to occupy your idle time all right with more interesting tasks more meaningful hobbies all right bottom line is if if that's what makes you happy and you're constantly thinking about food you got a problem anyways how about this I can't help myself. There's snacks in the house and I'm tempted. What do I do? If this is the case, I think you got to go back to the compelling reason why you're trying to get into shape in the first place. Okay. Um, Looking and feeling great tastes way better than a measly snack. All right. Bottom line is you got to want those abs more than you want that, that cookie, for example. Okay. That short term gratification is going to keep you where you've always been. And that's being overweight maybe not performing well, and just having a lower self-esteem because you lack the discipline to get what you really wanted. All right, so if that's you, you need to change that. All right, and the other thing too is when I do get a little bit tempted and I get a little bit hungry, I know that, hey, this is an opportunity for my body to use some of the fat stores it has. So I get that little bit of growling hunger. That's a good thing. Have you ever had this where you said, screw it, I just want to live life and enjoy my food whenever I want? All right. So what about that? Wayne Gretzky one time got interviewed and he says the greatest advice he was ever given was pay now, play later, play later. This often works in reverse where people do the opposite. They play now and they end up paying later. And boy, is it ever ugly, whether it's health complications later on, they're broke later on, they've got heart challenges, diabetes, obesity, joint aches, Believe me, you live long enough, you will get to the point where you said, fuck, what the fuck was I doing when I was younger? And you're going to say, yeah, but it was great when I was young, but not with the pain that you feel in your heart where you're taking meds and you can't move around or you're confined to a wheelchair or you're just fucking crippled because your joints are just mangled because of the excess 30, 40, 60, 100 pounds that you have on your body. Okay, pay the price now so you can play later. All right, trust me, it works. And then on Saturdays when you have a refuel and you've earned it, enjoy your fun food. And for the most point, uh, most part, pick some enjoyable fun foods that work within your plan. How about this? Person says, you don't understand, I'm ravenous. I need to munch on something. 
Okay, again, this is usually too little protein in a meal, uh, too much of window between meals, it's a lack of hydration, it's poor choices, empty calories in some of your previous meals that leaves you nutrient poor. If that's the case, contact me. Let's figure out which one it is. Okay, secondly, I have a feeling this might be a psychological one. Okay, you got to recognize when your stomach's growling. Okay, and you got to recognize that this is a great opportunity. If you're not running a marathon or anything, this is a good chance to use that stored fat as a fuel source. Embrace this opportunity, as I mentioned before. All right, you have to understand something. Everybody gets hungry in a day. Everybody, humans, like athletes do, skinny people do, fat people do, everybody. Okay, that's why you eat a couple times during the day. Expect that that's a fact. Okay, sometimes you got to flex your emotional muscles and just say, I'm going to hold on for a couple more hours. All right, how about this one? I feel like my blood sugar is low and I need a quick snack. I'm lightheaded. Help. Okay, uh, sometimes when this happens, what happens is your meal uh, only had carbs in it, all right? And you do get this sugar rush, and then you have a blood sugar low, okay? You become hypoglycemic, and your body is actually speaking to you, saying, you know what, I, I need to get some carbs in my body, all right? Chances are you didn't have fuels that were a little more slower-releasing carbs, you had high glycemic. You want to get some lower glycemic carbs in your body. And you can go online. You can find a whole list of that kind of stuff. Um, sometimes it's because you didn't have enough fat or protein or both in that meal to slow down absorption of your blood sugar. That could have been something too. All right. Are there exceptions to the no snacking rule? There's a situation where you work very, very long hours and you're already very lean and you have a high volume of work in that case you might need an additional meal because now your energy levels are so high that that 2400 calories that you traditionally needed now you need 2600 so to supplement with something makes sense so there are some exceptions now have you heard this uh, these little snacks only contain 100 calories and taste so good can i fit them in what do you think I'm going to say to that? Bullshit. That's such bullshit. And they know exactly what they're doing to you. It's only 100 calories. It tastes so good. You eat it and, you know, such short-term gratification. You don't feel good afterwards. All right. So, again, some key points over and over again. Repetition is the mother of skill. Uh, most people should adhere to the eat every three to five hour uh, principle. Okay. So, so these... Um, that's just a good plan. Uh, snacks are used as a tool to suppress hunger cravings that otherwise would lead to potential nightmares at dinner time. So at 3 p.m., if you've eaten at 12 and you know you're going to cave, chances are you're better off eating something at 3 o'clock. All right. Uh, sometimes snacks will serve as a supplement to give you adequate levels of protein into your bloodstream. So I've seen people, and I've done it before, 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, I'll have a small protein shake as a supplement to uh, enhance some uh, repair of my body when I go to bed. All right, And sometimes something like a snack will serve as a pre-workout or a post-workout recovery if you train very hard in special circumstances. Okay, um, I think that's all I want to cover today. Um, 
listen, guys, I hope that gave you some ideas. There's a lot to think about. There's a lot of psychology behind it. There's a bunch of physiology be, uh, behind it. A lot of it is routine and following your routine and having some smart options. But what I recommend is try to develop a plan first on your own and contact me and just say, hey, Tom, what do you think of this? What do you think of this plan? And I'll guide you through. I'll have you tweak it so you can have a sustainable plan that you can use as your template for the rest of your life. How does that sound? If you were given an arena to completely transform your body, your focus, your finances, and your family, would you take me up on it? Join the league, leagueofelite.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Subscribe, share with your friends, and be sure to check out the Ultimate Men's Playbook available now at amazon.com.